welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I'm so glad you're with me. As I always say, I'm excited for this episode because every episode is exciting, and I hope it's an encouraging thing and a challenging thing. But thanks for taking time to listen to this episode, and thanks for subscribing, offering some feedback, giving ideas, letting us know that you're listening. I sure appreciate you, and I'm here to serve you, and that's why I do what I do. That's why this podcast exists. Um, today we're talking about as part of our healthy team series. We're doing healthy leaders, healthy teams, healthy ministries for the next few months. One of the the episodes that we're recording today is on healthy teams. We're specifically talking about empowering volunteer teams, how to get consistency, creativity, and ownership. And so, before we dive into that, let me let you know about our in-house sponsor for this episode, and it's KMCCoach.net. You may not realize that kmccoach.net does more than just one-on-one coaching. We do offer some group coaching opportunities only a few times a year. We don't do it very often. We're more into doing one-on-one because we believe you grow a lot more with just one-on-one time. And uh, uh, there are lots of other avenues for group type learning. And that's so they're out there. One of the things that KMCCoach.net does offer is volunteer training. We can custom build training. We've got years of experience. I was a trainer for Child Evangelism Fellowship for many, many years, helped them develop a number of trainings. So I love training teams. I love training my own teams. I love training others. And sometimes having a different voice, speaking what you would love to say, is a powerful transformational thing. So if you'd be interested in learning more about that, check out kmccoach.net, hit the clarity call button, and let's talk about how I can serve you and your teams, both virtually and in person. There are options and we will fit your budget. I can guarantee it. So that check out kmccoach.net for both you and your volunteer training needs. Let's dive in on this idea of empowering volunteer teams. How do we get consistency? How do we get creativity and ownership from our teams? Well, let me tell you why it's so important that you have a strategy as the leader. How are you going to empower your team in the coming year? Do you have a plan? If you don't, I highly recommend you sit on this for a little bit and think about How will I empower my teams? That's not talking about just training. How do I empower them? There's a difference. Research has demonstrated and real life stories are prevalent of how when volunteers are empowered and they show up consistently, that consistency impacts for generations. If you want to see generational impact from your ministry, Let me tell you, uh, encourage you that you need to empower your volunteer team. It's amazing what it can do. When you empower your team, when they start really showing up and investing in the ministry, they show up more consistency, 
consistently, easy for me to say, they show up more creative and they show up more as an owner than a volunteer rather than a volunteer or a renter. I, I'm a testimony of the fact that when people show up, it makes an impact. I had leaders and uh, people, adults that that saw me as a kid who loved to teach others, who loved to speak, and they invested in me. They saw it as a gift and a, as a talent that God had given, and they stirred it up in me, and they challenged me, and they pushed me, and they caused me to grow. They stretched me. They put me in situations that I didn't think I was capable of. I remember as a 12-year-old being invited to a local training where I was the demonstrator. I gave the demonstration of how to do a lesson. I was 12, and I was sitting, standing in front of a room of people who were way older than I was. Why? How did that happen? Well, because I had people who were empowered to train up the next generation, and they wanted to empower me. Wow, was that a game changer. So how do we go about empowering our volunteer teams? Let's dive into this because this, is, I think, is the meat of what we're talking about here. So there's some real clear steps that I think you can take to empower your team in the coming year. And it starts with clear expectations. You need to define the roles and responsibilities clearly for every team member. Everyone on your team, no matter where they serve, whether it's a greeter, whether it's check-in, whether it's a small group leader, whether it's the worship leader, the sound crew, uh, whoever it is, they need to have a clear set of expectations, a clear role of what they're to do. Why? Because it helps them own what they do. If they're not clear, then they're just going to show up and be a body in the room. So if you're if if you as a leader start evaluating and you notice that your team is just showing up but they're not prepared, they're not they're not engaging, they're not showing any initiative, maybe it's because they don't really know what they're supposed to do. Uh when I come in and consult with churches, that's one of the things that I notice sometimes is the leader is running around doing everything and the volunteers are standing on the sides of the walls looking at their phones not sure what to do. When a leader, when a volunteer has clear expectation of what they do and why they're there, they show initiative. They jump in. In fact, I was I, I serve in a local church and I was leading this weekend and I was watching a few of the volunteers and I noticed a couple of people, one man in particular who showed shows up very consistently he shows up ready and prepared. He has ideas of what he's going to do with this small group. And yet he walks around the room and he watches for children sitting or standing by themselves. He goes over, gets down on his knees and starts to engage them and talk to them. He has a clear expectation that one of the expectations of our volunteers is that they invest and build relationships. That's an expectation for our team. We want them to know kids' names. And this man knows their names. And he sits there and talks with them. There are other leaders that jump in the gaga ball pit. There's other leaders that sit at the craft table. There's other leaders that build Legos. Why? Because they know what they're doing there. They know the importance of doing those things. 
So you need to clearly define the roles and responsibilities of every team member. You also need to discuss with them from the very beginning what they are to do and what they shouldn't do. So let me ask, how often do you remind your team of the expectations you have? And how often do you share the power of the vision and mission that they're on with you? Those are things that leaders need to get clear on their expectations. Now, step two would be providing training and support. We all know this, and, and we struggle in this area, it seems, because people don't want to come out to more meetings. Well, there are other ways to train people than just having a meeting. But it is significant to equip the volunteers with the skills and knowledge they need. We need to make sure this is a priority as we're onboarding. And as we continue to, to lead people, if people aren't being equipped if, and, and if they're not being encouraged and challenged, they're going to get bored or they're going to feel like this isn't important enough to keep going. And that's why sometimes they quit or they don't come back because what they felt they were doing wasn't important enough to return. Sometimes having others say what you want to say to your team is important. That's why I mentioned about how a KMCcoach.net, how I can provide volunteer training. I can come in and say things that you can't get away with saying. I can help your team get clarity on, on the mission and vision that you have in front of them. And that's why when, when churches come and ask me to, to do these kind of things, I spend a lot of time with the leaders because I want to know their heartbeat. I want to know the DNA of your ministry, the heartbeat of the house, as we say. And that way I can come in and I can keep that beating of heart louder and louder and louder so that your team goes away inspired and encouraged and challenged and supported. There are other ways that you can train your team, though, sharing podcasts and blogs with your team. Now, is everybody going to listen or everybody going to read them? No, but those that do will grow. If there's local trainings available and you can find the budget to take your team to a local training conference, go. Or if there's a virtual option, get your team together, have, have a meal, and then spend some time having some fun and engaging. When you provide those kind of things, and believe it or not, people do want that. It may not feel like it sometimes, and you may have to test when can you do it. Is it right after church where you provide lunch and you talk while they eat? Um, I found in many of my churches that worked great. Sometimes Saturday morning trains. Sometimes we had to do it two times, and then we had to record it for those that couldn't make it. Do whatever you have to do, my friend, to provide that training and support because it's a game changer when it comes to empowering your team. Now, here's a biggie, and I can't stress this one enough, but we have to create a culture of ownership. If you want people just showing up, standing along the wall, then don't let them own anything. You just do it all. You tell them what to think, say, do, where to stand, where to sit, where to go, boob. Those people I call renters. Because as a renter, you show up, you don't care. You know, when you rent a car, you don't have to worry about it. You don't worry about the maintenance. You don't worry about the tires. You don't worry about the engine, the oil changes. You don't worry about any of that because you're renting. You just, you're using it. But when you own it, you do care. You get those tires rotated. You get the oil changed. 
You make sure it's cleaned and washed, vacuumed out, wiping down the the fog on the that gets on the inside that drives me bonkers when I'm driving and I can see it. Owners notice all those little things. Otis no, owners notice how little things smell and feel and and all of those things. Well, when you have volunteers that own it, their ministry, they notice those little things. Again, I watch this man because he owns what he does. He comes in prepared. He looks at the small group guide. He makes sure he has all the, the things ready. And then he walks around engaging, especially the kids that are in his group. He greets them. He gives them high fives, fist bumps. He's an owner. He shows up early. He's bought into the, the expectation that early is on time and on time is late. <laughs> it's one of the things we value. We want our leaders to show up and be ready to go. He owns it. You can start doing this by giving things to your team and allowing them to run with it. Don't spoon feed every single thing. Sometimes because we've we've lowered the bar to get into ministry because we're so desperate for help that it makes what we're we're offering them feel insignificant, that they're just a body. We want them to know that we miss them when, when they're not there, that that we appreciate when they go over and above. When I see a volunteer over picking up all the bits of paper under the craft table, putting away the games and, and all of that stuff at the end of service without even being asked, those are owners. The renters just grab their stuff and leave as soon as the, the service is over. They don't even wait for all the kids to disappear yet and get checked out. Owners stay, owners help, owners serve. And that culture is starts when you give people that opportunity to do those things. When they say, what can I do to help? You give them some things instead of going, oh, well, I don't always have a couple of things that they can do. And if somebody asks, give them something. You don't have to do everything and you shouldn't. Maybe sometimes the reason why people don't volunteer is because you're in their way. And you won't let them serve and you won't let them own it. You're just going to take it back. I can tell you if, if, if you're, if you're wanting to recruit more men, especially men like to own, we like to get a hammer in our hands and we like to fix things. And we, and I'm not saying ladies don't do that. So please don't call me a sexist or think I'm, I'm trying to be careful here because people just get so easily offended nowadays. But, but you understand that, Everybody, men and women both want, even students want significance and they want to own what they do. So you can create that by allowing them to serve, giving them opportunities to try new things. Another way to do this is encourage creativity and initiative. Have fun with this. <laughs> Open up the doors and, and allow your teams, give them the lesson plan and then let them build it for around their small group, encourage them to get to know their kids and how it would work. I always let our volunteer team know, look, when we give you the bin of supplies, if you don't use everything, that's okay. You know, your group, sometimes your group needs a very active activity. So we try to plan one for you. Sometimes you need to calm them down and have a quiet activity. We've, we try to plan for that, but you decide which activity you're going to use. I don't just tell them they have to use this one thing. 
I want them to be creative. I want them to even come up with some things that they know will work. So as they look at their leader's guide during the week, they may go, oh, that doesn't work for my group. But this does. They don't have to ask. They do it because I've empowered them. I've encouraged them to have creativity and initiative. They have the boundaries. They know where they, they are. And I very rarely have ever had to reel a volunteer in from going too far with their creativity. Again, when they own it, they're going to be more creative and they're going to show more initiative. So how do we overcome some of the challenges of, of empowering a team? Well, it comes from dealing with a lack of resistance or a resistance to change or a lack of engagement or sometimes personal tensions. We as leaders need to address these things. We need to make sure that we are leading change in the right way and that we're not just changing for change sake, but it's purposeful. It's moving in the right direction. If there's a lack of engagement and a lack of initiative, well, again, maybe we have to look at ourselves and are we in the way of allowing our team members to engage and to show initiative? If there's tensions, are we leading them through Matthew 18 and making making sure that people understand it's relationship first, it's family first? You know, another thing is, is that as we're building this culture is we have to be more flexible for change. We might have to be more flexible today to get more consistency in serving. So we may have to change up what we do, test it out, evaluate it, adjust it, and then roll it out again. Let me challenge you to say, where could I be more flexible in empowering my team this next season? Give your team opportunity to also give feedback. And you've got to demonstrate that you not only hear that feedback and receive that feedback, but you might do something with that. You don't always promise that every idea you're going to use, because some ideas you know are off the rails on the crazy train, and you can't do it. But there are other ideas that are pretty powerful and could be very transformational and better any, than any idea you had. So make sure you give them that. And the more you do those things, the more you can overcome this idea of not empowering your team. So here's a couple of questions I want to encourage you to reflect on as we get ready to wrap up this episode. Do you have a clear and well-communicated expectation vocalized? Is there a plan vocalized for your team? Do you clearly communicate it? How can you provide better training and ongoing support to empower your volunteers? What would it look like? What steps can you take to foster a culture of ownership and creativity on your team? Here's where I think some takeaways could apply for you. Think about who you could empower on your volunteer team to start leading more consistently. Who's got the creativity that you could tap into to think about some new ways of doing things? Maybe even if they're not even broken, maybe it's time to break something and make it better. And who's demonstrating ownership that you could give more to? Second takeaway, have clear expectations and training and support in place. Think about those things. What is one thing you could start doing in a more intentional way in this next season? Just pick one. And what are some of the challenges that you face 
write them out, and then consider what if we did it this way? How could we do it better that way? Sometimes never, never doing something before is a great place to start. So there you have it. Uh, I think empowering teams is huge, especially in the season of where we're short, where we're struggling. The more we empower those who we have serving, the more attractive our ministry will look to others. If you're stuck, if you need encouragement, if you need a fresh perspective, check out kmccoach.net. You can go to the website and hit the clarity call button. You get 30 minutes with me and we sit and talk and I ask a lot of questions and hopefully you walk away with some clarity. And I every call that I've done so far, that seems to be the case. And I'm thankful for God intervening and jumping in. It's so cool how God meets me and the other leader and it could meet you. Um, and so, uh, if you're, if you're stuck, if you need somebody there, don't go it alone. Don't sit there and struggle alone. Don't feel like you're a failure. Step into this, take 30 seconds of insane courage, hit that clarity call button and schedule yourself a call at kmccoach.net. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. My name's Tom Bump. I'm your friend. I'm your, I'm your partner in ministry. I'm here to serve you. So if there's anything I can do, please reach out. Uh, you can email me at tom at tombump.com. I would be happy to help you and serve you. If you're interested in uh, training for your team, training for yourself, check out kmccoach.net again. We're thankful for your, your support of this podcast. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for leaving reviews. If you haven't left a review yet, take five seconds. Uh, it really does. It doesn't take long, maybe five minutes at the most to leave a review. And it sure helps us get the word out. Uh, to more and more people. And if you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, come join our group. It's not a huge group. Uh, it's not the biggest group on, on Facebook, but I'll tell you, it's an active group. It's a group that cares for one another. And uh, I love it. I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, just make sure you answer all the membership questions. That's key. All right. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.